I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One year ago today, Joe Biden was elected the 46th president of the United States. I pledge to be a president who seeks not to divide, but unify, who doesn't see red states and blue states, only sees the United States. Donald Trump had spent years fanning the flames of mistrust in the media and in the mechanisms of American democracy. So the foundations had long been laid for the backlash that followed. President Trump is refusing to back down on his claims that the election was stolen from him. If you count the legal votes, I easily win. If you count the illegal votes, they can try to steal the election from us. To think that this election has any sort of credibility is just ridiculous. I think it's very important that the mainstream media knows that they will not silence us. They will not steal this election. We stand up and fight for what we want. And we want Trump in the White House. And then, two months later... Events in Washington have taken a violent and tumultuous turn in the past few hours. It's been breached, someone shot inside, and all of this chaos right behind me, right in front of me, everywhere. They've breached the Capitol. This is anarchy in the making. What you're seeing is something we've never seen before in the United States of America, the Capitol under siege on the day that it joined. So what do you do? Where do you go when you feel like your country is being lost to an illegitimate government? One that steals an election, champions liberal rights and mandates mask wearing for a pandemic you believe to be a conspiracy? Well, it turns out there is actually a place you can go and more and more Trump supporters are flocking there. What they've decided to do is move to a place in the country where... They can live with people who believe in extreme conservatism and in some ways build a community there that exists out with the rest of America. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, the American Redoubt, where Trump's most fanatical supporters are prepping for the end times. There is an exodus happening in America today, from cities full of crime and corruption to the rural areas of clean and sustainable living. 
Like-minded patriots are coming to North Idaho in search of a simpler, self-reliant lifestyle. In the northwest corner of America, near the Canadian border, there's a region people have started calling the American Redoubt. A redoubt is a fallback position, a defensible safe haven. A fortress, a stronghold for like-minded people. A place where more and more people on the hard right are relocating to build a new community away from Democrats and liberals. They call us anti-government, they call us pro-militia, they call us extremist. This is a battle of good against evil. This is Christ and not Christ. This is Christ versus anti-Christ spirit. So the American Redoubt, it has a geographical base, but it's basically an ideology around creating a safe haven for conservative Christians. That's Alistair Good, a filmmaker at The Times and The Sunday Times. He's just made a documentary about the American Redoubt, focusing on the small North Idaho town of Coeur d'Alene. It's really beautiful. Cordelaine itself is built on a massive lake, huge tree-covered hillsides. Um, mm. A lot of people go there to ski in the winter and they have boats on the lake in the summertime. So it's absolutely beautiful. Back in January, the day Biden was inaugurated, Alistair hadn't yet heard of the idyllic lakeside town of Cordelaine in Idaho. Instead, he was at his desk in London, thinking about a question that was hanging in the air as the new administration took up residence in the White House. I was looking at the election results of this time last year. 79 million people had voted for Trump, so there was a lot of people who wanted their guy to get back into the White House. January the 6th, when some of his supporters, you know, attacked the Capitol to try and stop Biden from being confirmed, that made me think, OK, there's a lot of people. So you've got you know, a wide group of people who want Trump back, and then you've got a subset of those people who perhaps are willing to take some action to make that happen. What are these people going to do now that Biden's president? I mean, if they can't overturn the result of the election, then they'll wait for Trump to come back in 2024. Mm. But where are they going to go in the meantime? So I started looking around at where you could find Trump supporters congregating. And initially I was thinking perhaps Florida was going to be the place. You know, he sets up in Mar-a-Lago and maybe his supporters will start flocking to there. But it became quite clear that the only people Trump was seeing in Mar-a-Lago were senior Republican politicians. So (laughs) there wasn't a huge kind of groundswell of people. And then in doing the research, I came across this idea of the American readout. Tell us about that. What does that mean? The idea was first espoused by a guy called James Wesley Rawls, who is an author and blogger. James, thank you for being with us on Radio Free Redoubt. Thanks for having me on. Rawls has been a recurring guest on Radio Free Redoubt, a radio show and podcast for supporters of the movement for right-wing fundamentalist Christians to relocate en masse to North Idaho and the surrounding area. Good evening, God-fearing, liberty-loving patriots. This is the John Jacob Schmidt Show. I am John Jacob Schmidt, and if you are a God-fearing, liberty-loving patriot, then my name is your name too. The Redoubt movement is accelerating, and this last year has been just absolutely astounding. Everyone who's involved with real estate is telling me the same thing, that property is selling just as soon as it hits the market. It's out-of-state buyers who are anxious to move to the redoubt states. Sometimes properties are selling sight unseen, which I'd never heard heard of before. 
See that red building out there? Mm -hmm. There's that one, and there's another one right over there. And those are skid-mounted mount, houses. Those came from North Dakota and South Dakota, from the oil fields. I spoke with a guy called Chris Walsh, who runs a thing called Revolutionary Realty, which is a real estate company for what are known as preppers. The vast majority of people that I speak to that are coming here are coming here out of danger. They're fleeing from places where they're afraid. Now, I'm fascinated by this. Tell us about this this effectively estate agent and how he operates. Yeah, so he's a really interesting character. He markets property towards people who want to live off the grid. So, for example, you know, Seattle has real problems downtown. It's just not safe downtown now. You know, I mean, the homeless live on the streets and, and claim them as their own property. You know, so if you walk down the street, they'll tell you to get the F off their property and they got no problem with it. More often than not, you know, either the woman or the man has just looked up and just said, listen, we need to live somewhere where it's safer. Just that simple. And they know all these people that have moved to North Idaho. And so preppers are people who believe that there is likely to be an economic collapse. And so what they're doing is creating a lifestyle where they'll be to some extent self-sufficient, not necessarily as individuals, but more as groups of people who mm. can support themselves there off the many grid. communities. Yeah. The vast majority of preppers to me are really analogous to a 1968 hippie. And the reason for it is because those folks were looking for freedom, they wanted clean water, and they wanted non-interference. They didn't want to be told what to do. It was an expression of freedom. But these preppers differ from a 1968 hippie in at least one key way. Is the idea of defensibility something that um, people ask you about when they're looking at properties? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, quite a bit. I've heard a lot of estate agents talk over the years, but I'd never heard one just talk about the defensibility of a property before. I mean, tell us about that. So another part of what's important to preppers is if there's a societal collapse and you and your community have managed to secure enough food and access to fresh water and power, what about the other people who aren't in your community who then come looking to get food or water or whatever from you? Defensibility is, is basically, for those people, the idea that if people wanted to come and take what you had, wanted to attack you and your community, how would you defend yourselves? Welcome back. Radio Free Redoubt, uh, brought to you by Strategic Landscape Design. If you've got a piece of property, you want to get the most out of it for defensibility. Well, uh, the trained, experienced professionals over there at Strategic Landscape Design, that's exactly what they do. Your home is a fortress. It gets quite dark at that point. <laughs> it does. You know, there really is no such thing as a perfectly defensible property. But a lot of people are confused over the ideal that they can actually defend a home from the home. There is no such thing, okay? As a former military member, I can tell you that the worst place that you ever want to be if you want to defend yourself from me is inside of a house. Don't, because I know where you're at, and you don't know where I'm at, and you never will. So I can come at you from any direction, any time, and you'll know nothing about it, but you're stuck inside. Could get ugly. I asked Alistair to tell me a bit more about James Wesley Rawls, the man who coined the term American Redoubt 10 years ago. In 2011, he uh, wrote about this idea of a place where conservative Christians could come and live amongst people who believe as they do, essentially. 
and roughly speaking, it encompasses Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, and the eastern parts of Oregon and Washington. So all those slightly mountainous, slightly sort of harder to get to yeah, parts yeah, of America. Absolutely. And that was one of the things that Rawls kind of pointed out when he was identifying those places. He was saying, you know, they're geographically remote. They have a lot of resource and not a lot of people. And so for him, it was an idea that that was somewhere where you could go should there be an economic collapse. Over time, it's become an idea that a lot of people have started to go there anyway in mm. preparation for an economic collapse. And then laterally after you know Trump losing the election, this idea that you can hide out there until things change. Coeur d'Alene had already been a Republican stronghold for decades, but now it's steadily attracting a growing population of the hard right. So, you know, the population of Coeur d'Alene was about 24,000 in 1990, and it's now up around 54,000. So it's more than doubled. A lot of that influx has been people from places like Southern California who are leaving what they see as like a liberalising state and mm. moving up and um, where it's much more Republican. When James Wesley Rawls gave this a name, christening the region the American Redoubt, he turned this pattern of political migration into something more concrete, a state within a state. When Donald Trump lost the election in 2020, the American Redoubt became almost a call to arms. Here's Alistair speaking to one local resident, Don Bradway, who hasn't looked back since he moved there from California in 2010. So tell me about what happened when the election results were announced. Oh, well, uproar would be putting it mildly. The people that we hang with are politically astute. We pay attention to what's going on. So Don is, I think he must be in his late 60s. He's quite a big chap, white hair, a long sort of handlebar moustache that he waxes at the ends. He does love a Hawaiian shirt. And yeah, he was just very much keen to talk. The numbers did not add up. So there was a tremendous amount of anger. There still is. People say, well, let it go. No, this is my country. Joe Biden and his minions are leading this country down the road to perdition. That's how we look at it. He is there illegally. I am not ashamed to say that. I will tell that to anybody. What he has done is wrong. And is there a sense in which some of the recent arrivals post-election see North Idaho as a place to congregate with other conservatives? There have been plenty of conversations about the potential balkanization of Idaho, eastern Washington, eastern Oregon, Montana, Wyoming. Attention, patriots. Broadcasting from the free zones, Radio Free Redoubt begins in five, four, three. People should hedge their bets. Just in case Trump loses, they should top off their supplies, top off their fuel. Any guns that are on your list for your long-term planned purchases, perhaps you had to move those up in priority How much of of people's need to congregate in an area where the government can't get at them also comes down to fear about potential gun laws? So we we spent some time with Bob Smith from the Fernan Rodden Gun Club. Many people have been showing up with their realtors. They're taking a break out to join while they look at properties. 
he's got people looking to move to North Idaho who take time out of house viewings to come and get gun training. Never waste a trip. <laughs> a lot of the guys will carry openly, and that's because they can't where they came from. Pick California, Washington, whatever. They aren't allowed to do that. So it's kind of like, oh, I can do it here, so I'm going to. We try and educate them otherwise, but it is permissible and allowed. So certainly the more liberal in the classical sense gun laws of Idaho is an attractant to many people. Do you worry that uh, with a Biden presidency and the, all the talk of new gun restrictions that you're going to see an impact on that here? Yes. <laughs> and I, I could elaborate, but he's been very vocal about outright banning things. The problem he's going to run into on that, it is blatantly unconstitutional. I won't bore you with the Second Amendment other than the fact that it wasn't about hunting. Uh, we just had a revolutionary war with England, so they weren't worried about hunting, they were worried about what they considered tyrannical government. Now, I qualify that. Does that mean that we're all going to take our ARs and go attack Washington? Of course not, all right? But that was the original foundation. I mean, that, that part did sort of raise questions, I thought, in that, you know, they all allude to what happened when the Capitol was stormed after the election. Is there a chance that they would think of turning their guns from defence to something a bit more... Most of the people who are moving to the American Redoubt are moving there because of a desire to live amongst people who either religiously or politically are much closer to how they feel. For a lot of them, the Second Amendment is another clear indicator of freedom. Radio Free Redoubt is brought to you by Katie Armour. C-A-T-I as in come and take it. Serious body armor for serious times, and these are serious times. One of the most troubling aspects of this influx of hardline conservatives to North Idaho is that this part of the country has a history as a spiritual home for extremist groups. One of the things that's very true about North Idaho is how much it's lacking in diversity. So 90% of the population are white. And it has a history of white nationalist movements in the area. The most famous white supremacist group probably in America was the Aryan Nations. And that was set up in 1973 by a guy called Richard Butler in Hayden, which is just north of Coeur d'Alene in North Idaho. And that was a proper compound for neo-Nazis, where they said, come along, be a neo-Nazi, you know, the white race is superior. You're talking about the sort of 1980s, 1990s mm. time. The symbol up here is a symbol of the Aryan nations. That is your race. That's Richard Butler speaking in Hayden from a podium decked out with fascist regalia. You see that inverted swastika, the sword passing through it, the symbolization of that is the resurrection from the death of our people. They used to hold marches in Coeur d'Alene where people would march down the street with Nazi regalia and clan hoods. In 1998, a woman and her son, both Native Americans, were shot at by Aryan Nation security guards as they drove past its North Idaho compound. It caused an uproar. Local population came out very strongly against the Aryan Nations and campaigned against this group. So it's important to know that this wasn't a grassroots white supremacist group that came out of North Idaho. Yeah. A lot of these people came to North Idaho. Lawsuits followed. Aryan Nations was ordered to pay $6 million in damages and 
hand over the compound to the victims. This footage from 2001 shows diggers demolishing a corrugated iron building with an enormous swastika on the roof. It was all over. Or so people thought. And with American redoubters, you know, they couch their words, they're very careful about what they say. Is there a sense, though, that this is part of the draw? It's a difficult question because the American redoubt is so much of a broad church in one sense Mm. that I'm sure there are people who are drawn to it by the idea that it echoes white supremacist movements. I'm sure there are people who look at it and say, well, you know, conservative Christian, conservative politics... And Second Amendment, in there, I'm going to find a lot of white people. Like-minded people. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So you may well find that there are a lot of people who are drawn to it for that idea. But I can honestly say that I didn't get that impression from the people that I met when I was up there. And I don't think that they're necessarily masking their white supremacy. Whether that movement can be usurped by white supremacists and whether white supremacists see that movement as something that they can get behind, that's probably true. Would they have been as friendly if, for example, I'd rocked up? (laughs) Would that have been slightly more awkward? It's a really difficult question to answer. Mm. No one positioning themselves as a spokesperson or leader of the American Redoubt would openly describe themselves as a white supremacist, but their rhetoric does speak volumes. Keep organising, keep organising, keep organising. Identify the communists and jihadists in your area, okay? We're going to start with the Montana Human Rights Network, okay? Woo! All right. That's the former Washington State Representative, Matt Shea, speaking at an event Alistair attended near Coeur d'Alene in Montana. All the hate that comes out of that group, they were like, did you hear Matt Shea's plan? It's to create a white ethno state in the northwest of the United States, easily discredited, easily refuted. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about why you guys are supporting Antifa. I want to talk about why you guys are supporting a racist organization like Black Lives Matter. How do you justify that? How do you justify such reckless hate? How? Matt Shea um, has made himself a sort of unofficial spokesman for the um, American Redoubt. He is a very controversial figure. He likes to talk about the need to fight back against the liberal agenda. He spoke uh, at this Red Pill Festival that we went to, which was just over the border in Montana. And when he was speaking there, he was very careful when he was talking to the crowd to not directly call for violence because he's been in trouble before for doing just that. So Ah. now he's very careful about what he says and couches everything in, in terms that he can sort of walk away from. But the problem with someone like that is that there are other people listening who understand what he means by what he says and know what he's actually advocating and may take that action. He's basically someone who gets involved in a lot of these movements and tries to inveigle himself into these movements. He was a representative in the Washington state for a good few years until 2019 report by the Washington House of Representatives accused him of committing an act of domestic terrorism. 
So they, what did he do? Well, in this report, they accuse him of being involved in the 2014 Bundy Ranch standoff in Nevada, a 2015 armed standoff in Priest River in Idaho, and then the 2016 armed seizure of the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge in Oregon. We want to get right to the breaking news in Oregon, the weeks-long standoff between armed anti-government protesters and law enforcement turning deadly overnight. You can see the sort of things that he talks about and the way that he kind of riles up the crowd. You know, we were there and he was saying that he wanted the crowd to come up to us and and go through a list of questions with us and film us. Well, that sounds slightly terrifying. (laughs) It was a little bit terrifying. We need to ask these reporters. I want everybody, when we're done here, I want you to go up to those reporters and turn your phone on. I want you to ask them that question. I want you to ask them, do they denounce Antifa? Will they denounce critical race theory? I want you to go down the list. Ask them, because I got to tell you something, they're not reporters. They're propagandists. And they need to be held accountable for it. The American Redoubt movement doesn't like to interact with the mainstream media. One of the other speakers at this event was Jack Robertson from Radio Free Redoubt. Uh, my name's Alistair, I'm a journalist with The Times I'm from London. Uh, we're over here making a documentary about the American Redoubt. Okay, well, you know what? I don't do interviews, so everything that I stand for, you can learn from my podcast and our morning radio show and my speech that I just gave. I was just gave. thinking so, that what you said in your speech there was that the media doesn't understand what the Redoubt is, and so this is a good opportunity for you to kind of correct some of those Well, if you, just, if you did, if you could understand what the American Redoubt is if you listen to our podcast and our radio show and that speech, you can listen to that. Do you worry that it encourages violence? Violence. The what? idea of the American reader that encourages people to reject the government and that might lead to violence. That's an excellent question and I have addressed that in my podcast. So if you want to go to podbean.com and listen to that. I was quite determined that I wasn't going to be the one person to walk away from the encounter. And it was Jack Robertson who then sort of walked away from the conversation. This was fascinating because this was a left-wing propaganda media magnet. Yes, it was. Uh, we had the London Times who actually came over from England. They're looking for extremism, racism, and, you know, a call to arms, and let's overthrow the government and all that other kind of nonsense. What was interesting about hearing Jack Robertson talk about meeting us at the Red Pill Festival is I've never heard the Times be described as a left-wing propaganda outlet before, so that was new. The British guys kept trying to get me to do an interview, which never took place. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, he's like, are you concerned about your messaging for the American Redoubt might instigate violence or lead somebody, trigger somebody to carry out violence. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. He doesn't talk to the press. And the reason he doesn't talk to the press is the same reason that Matt Shea doesn't talk to the press, that they don't want to answer difficult questions about what it is they believe in and the message that they're giving out to people. I listened to a lot of Radio Free Redoubt before Jack Robertson asked me to. Christian men had to fight against tyrants, literally in gun battles, for us to have this country. I believe that all of us need to start keeping lists of those people who are voting and supporting or not standing against policies that are stripping our neighbors of their wealth and their homes and their property and their rights. That's typical of the sort of thing that you hear on Radio Free Redoubt. Start keeping that list and start studying everything that you can about every single person that's involved in forcing anti-American, globalist, godless policies and agendas. Their names need to go on the prayer list because they're enemies of Americanism. 
he talks about building these lists and keeping these lists and they need to have these lists be secret. Keep these lists encrypted so somebody doesn't stumble across it and go, oh, there's a hit list. He's really, really careful about not openly endorsing violence. But then at the end, he says, We are to pray for our enemies and call them to repentance. So at some point, we don't have to do what the founding fathers had to do and actually fight these people physically. So he's all the way through, he's saying, these are people who are against what we believe in. And also in the past, we've had to fight these people. But he's very careful to say that what he's endorsing now is praying for them, is finding another way. But he still includes at the end, because we don't want to have to fight them. It's very calculated, it's very calculated. It's basically just a dog whistle for people who he thinks he might be able to inspire. As well as being accused of taking part in three acts of domestic terror, Matt Shea founded the Spokane chapter of the anti-Muslim group Act for America. During Alistair's visit, the county sheriff of Spokane showed him what else Matt Shea had been working on. Tell us a bit about the document that you were introduced to. So, you mean the biblical basis for war? We'll have more on that secret document in a moment, but first. I'm Josh Glancy, special correspondent for the Sunday Times, and it's my job to make the newspaper as interesting and entertaining as possible, whether reporting on British drinking culture or interviewing anyone from Joan Collins to Malcolm Gladwell to the cast of Succession. I love my job because it's so varied and I get to meet some of the most interesting people around and then share it with everyone else. We can only do this thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times. So please subscribe today by visiting thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. During Alistair's visit to North Idaho, a local sheriff showed him a leaked document written by Matt Shea 
a former Washington state representative who's been accused of domestic terrorism and having links to white supremacist groups. The leadership of the American readout right now are the same politicians that have talked to extremism, that have conducted extreme acts, that have literally tried to start a civil war in this nation. This is Ozzy Knezovich, who is the sheriff for Spokane County. You don't take over a government without violence, and you wait for the proper opportunity. They're waiting for the proper moment to strike. What do you think are the likely trigger points for that to tip over into something? I will tell you very bluntly, we'll be the politician that messes with the Second Amendment. He walked us through this uh, document called The Biblical Basis for War. That's some scary stuff to read. Hmm. It's all based on Bible, except throwing in the overthrow of the United States. It was shared by Matt Shea to his supporters in January 2018. And one of his supporters, a guy called Jay Parinder, was so concerned by what he'd seen that he shared it, this document with law enforcement. Wow. Actually, I'm just going to bring this document up so we can see it, so I can see it. So the biblical basis for war basically lays out the steps for overtaking the government and establishing a religious theocracy. It's a four-page document. And one of the things that's interesting is that on point number five, it says uh, ways to know how it's time to fight. The first one is God reveals his will to the leader. So what that says is basically the leader of the group will tell you when God has said it's time to fight, which puts a lot of power in that one person, right? Yeah. So, you know, that person, whether that's Matt or somebody else, will be the person who interprets the will of God and then passes it on to the group. It also mentions quite clear kind of descriptions of what you would need to to build a holy army. It's like an instruction manual. It's basically like a very straightforward instruction manual for how you would do that. And perhaps one of the most concerning sections of it is uh, section 10, the rules of war. It says, make an offer of peace before declaring war. is not a negotiation or a compromise of righteousness. They must surrender on terms of justice and righteousness. And then it breaks down the terms under which that surrender would have to happen. So it's stop all abortions, no same-sex marriage, no idolatry or occultism, no communism, and must obey biblical law. So those are the terms under which the rest of America would have to live if there was a new theocracy that took over the country. I mean, that's that's pretty alarming. Yeah. And if people don't take on these terms to change the rest of America, what then? That's also helpfully covered in the biblical basis for war. If they yield... And if they yield, this means if they change their laws so that they stop abortion, stop same-sex marriage, if they stop that, all is well? Yeah, if they stop that, then, and I'm quoting here, they must pay a share of work or taxes. If they do not yield, kill all males. Kill all American males? That's what it says. Wow. I mean, what did you make of that when you first got hold of that document? I have to say it was quite taken aback um, by that is a lot of what they do and a lot of what they say is particularly someone like Matt is so couched in what he can get away with and avoiding saying the, the quiet parts out loud that seeing it written down like that is quite striking. Is that basically their manifesto? Is that what the American Redoubt hopes, expects to do? I would say it's more that someone like Matt 
holds these kind of beliefs and is hoping to subvert the American Redoubt movement into something more akin to what he believes. What is the ultimate end for this political movement? I mean, would it be to create their own state within a state? So I asked Don that question. Great question. That's Don Bradway again, who we heard from earlier. He moved to the era from California in the early days of the American Redoubt. If things continue as we are seeing, I could definitely see the balkanization of this country where people finally say, hey, Washington, D.C., you just take care of yourselves, leave us alone, we're seceding. Hold my beer, you know, watch us. If it came to that, there are people, and I, I know people who are able to and willing to organize groups of common defense. We will do what is necessary to defend our tribe. We're gonna take care of our people. And I could see that happening. Absolutely could see it happening. These are people who are willing to potentially take arms against the government. I mean, what do you think would happen if Donald Trump lost another election, for example? You know, what's the worst case scenario with all of this? I think the worst case scenario is people become more divided, become more insular. The redoubters congregate in greater numbers. That's the most dangerous part is that the more isolated it becomes, the more easy a target it is for someone like Matt Shea to take advantage of that alienation, take advantage of the fact that people don't feel they're part of the larger country. Yeah. And that's where I think you run a real risk of other individuals taking inspiration from that message coming out from people like Matt Shane and working out that they do want to create some violence or they do want to commit some terrorism. We saw at the last election how close the result was and how divided a nation it seems to be. Do you think there are a lot of liberals in the country who wouldn't mind if the American Redoubt set itself up as an independent state and, and allowed Trump conservatives to gather there in large numbers? <laughs> I'm sure there are I'm sure there are some liberals and, and some Democrats who live perhaps in states where they wish there were less Trump Republicans living there who would think that, that would be a good idea. But the problem is Democrats who live in Cordelin and live in that area, you would be abandoning them. And, and it's sad because a lot of good people are going to get sucked into that vortex and they're going to wake up and go, I didn't buy into that. I didn't buy into breaking away from the United States and forming my own country because ultimately that's what the redoubt stands for. Ozzy Knezovich, the sheriff for Spokane County. This is not a new idea. This is a very old idea. Just been rebranded. You know, what, what Ozzy says in the film is that people in America need to stop looking at what divides them and start looking at how they can unite the country again. Whenever you have a polarized society and you have active division happening. People stop listening to the warnings. We need to stop talking about how we separate ourselves and divide ourselves and start thinking about how you bring the union back together. We used to have a saying, united we stand. Well, there's a second side of that saying, divided you will fall. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, 
filmmaker at The Times and The Sunday Times, Alistair Good. You can find the full film that Alistair produced of his trip to Idaho on The Times' YouTube channel. The producer was Arlie Adlington. The executive producer today was James Shield. And sound design was by Falcon Kisseltook. If there's a story you'd like us to look into, any ideas for future episodes, or if you have any thoughts on what you've just heard, then do drop us a line. You can email us at storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. <laughs>